You know how fast you were going? What? How fast you were going? I don't know. Ten? Eight. Be advised, this is an explicit podcast, so if you're easily offended, get your panties twisted into a knot, turn this off before you get butt hurt and mad, start to cry, have to run to your safe space. All opinions are those of the host and his guest, and do not reflect the opinions of any government agency. Welcome to another episode of Motor Cop Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, as always, the Iceman. And uh, as I talked about before, we got a, our special guest in the house. You must be Doc Holliday. <coughs> That's the rumor. I did that today. First time I gave you one. Third time you've been here. First time I gave you I like it. a little thing on there. But he's back. I did uh, mention, I think, last time that he has retired from law enforcement. Yes. He is now in the civilian sector. He got his uh, master's in construction management. Construction management. Yeah. So he is uh, doing that now. It's funny because I have, you know, three other degrees um, that I never use. So. Well, at least you're using this one, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this one's getting, getting some work. So. It, it, it's so strange how many people go to college and get degrees. And don't do what they went to school for. Right. Uh, the guy I call uh, Hondo every now and then, the old guy I used to work with, he has a college degree in forestry. Now, what is police work and being able to tell what kind of fucking tree it is? <laughs> I don't think it really helps. And let's just say the, su- the, sus- the suspect is up a mulberry tree. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it helps much. Is that a water oak or is that a white oak? Yeah. <laughs> but Yes, indeed. Uh, I knew this uh, other person a long time ago. She had her uh, a degree in English and yeah. all that stuff like that. I mean, she could have been a school teacher. No, she, she was a wine rep. She sold wine for her company. Whatever pays the bills, bro. Nothing to do with the degree. <laughs> My daughter's studying English right now, and... uh it's a funny thing when I when I was at LSU uh, the second time, I have a good friend of mine over there that's that's an actual English professor, and um, you know he tried to talk me into going in studying English, and, he, and he, the way he tried to sell it was, you know, all these companies have to have people that know how to write, that know how to put you know thoughts to paper, and. So I started looking at that, you know, looking at if I studied English, you know, how I could uh, transfer that into private industry. And uh, there is a market for those people. It's a it's a it's not a saturated market either. It's and they pay these guys a lot of money, a lot. Well, I got a Ph.D. in bullshit. Me too. (laughs) 
So I, I should have stayed in uh, college and finished my degree in mortuary science, which I didn't. 50 years old now, I doubt I'm going back. So <laughs> I don't see it happening. I'm going to apologize <clears throat> to anybody that's going to be listening to this. Um, my voice is kind of jacked up from last night. My cousin fought an MMA match, and I was pretty excited, screaming and hollering. So um, anybody that hears my voice may cry. It's not because I'm crying or I'm upset. It's just that uh, my vocal cords are torn and bleeding. That's not why it's... I'm trying <laughs> <laughs> You just stuck that out there. Well... Yeah, you know how I am. I can't help it sometimes. Yeah, I do know how you are. <laughs> That's a fact. Anyway, like I said, he he he's in the private sector now. He we talked some before we started recording. If you're if you're listening, and you usually watch us live, I didn't go live because sometimes I don't know what this motherfucker's gonna say and what I might have to edit. <laughs> and also been having a little issue with the live stuff. I am. Working on, and it's aggravating the shit out of me. We'll give a shout out real fast. Uh, I was recently a guest on Things Police See podcast uh, with Steve Gould. I've actually been listening to this guy for a while. Uh, kind of like a fan of his. I, I was on there. He's a great guy. Go check him out. Go listen to the episode I was on. The episode was good, by the way. Louisiana Motor Cop. Yeah, uh, he's a real good guy. He has uh, much uh, cleaner and well spoken than I am. He, Steve's got one of them radio voices that he could probably do it for a living. I'm gonna right. listen to. It. He's got a real good uh, Bruce Buffer, <laughs> good voice. But uh, go check him out. He's got a really good podcast going on over there. Hey, while we're giving shout outs, let me give a shout out to uh, one of my old friends from high school who has great feet by the way she listened to the uh the first podcast and finally realized that i have this problem with funk and feet so <laughs> so you're, not, you're definitely not into the, the toe fetish thing no. there you're not you're not gonna like just slurp up on some toes or nothing and listen she sends me a picture of her feet. Were they clean? They were clean. They were pretty, you know. But it's like, well, you know, I'm I'm glad you have pretty feet. Um, now put them away. <laughs> <laughs> put some tennis shoes on. Just just put them things away. <laughs> but I, she she wanted me to give her a shout out, so I'm giving her a shout out. What um you know whatever whatever that means. Um, You've been shouted. Feet. Yeah. Feet girl. Oh, feet and girl. speaking of, you would not believe. Well, maybe you would because I mean we we've, we've been in this business for a long time because uh, we know how trashy women are. Um, the people, friends of mine that I've known most of my life, female friends, um, strictly platonic relationships. That after listening to this podcast sent me pictures of their feet. And it's like... You're a fan base now. Why would you do that? <laughs> you know? And one of my exes, who's a great friend of mine right now... Uh, right now? 
No, I mean she. She's always. <laughs> I mean she was before, but now she is. <laughs> she's all, She's always been a great friend okay. of mine. Um, but she has the most gnarled up, jacked up toes. Just they're just bless her heart, man. Like some eagle talons or something. No, not even talons. She's got like two toes that don't even have nails on them. Oh, well, just, that just saves her time. She'll have to trim those. <laughs> and she that. just paints the skin. <laughs> Why would you send me that? Well, I I was in a a, a three wheeler accident. Yes, a three wheeler. Before they came with four wheel, so I was in a three wheeler accident when I was uh, in junior high. I was probably I don't know twelve, thirteen years old. I had a helmet on. Never thought about wearing shoes. I had flip flops on. <laughs> well, I, I I've only got three toes on my right foot now. My other two were you know had to be amputated off. You know, no kidding. I have ever since that day. I, I I do not wear anything. And now I, I mean, it don't bother me now that, like I said, if anybody sees it or anything like that. But I just stopped wearing anything. You know, open toed or you know, flip flops, toe feet thongs, whatever you want to. Right. Shower slippers, whatever. I, it, right. I I usually always have some type of sock and shoe on, and I'm not gonna wear socks and sandals i mean just look like i mean with some jams I mean, no i mean just if anybody out there wears socks with their sandals stop yes please stop doing that yeah just stop don't do it because people talk about you and you just don't know. it's like you see that guy with his socks and his sandals on just, with white socks pulled up to yeah. the knees yeah Tell oh two socks with the, the couple stripes at the top what well, well <laughs> And then have some of those uh, 1976 uh, gym shorts with the little matching color uh, trim around it. You know, with your nuts hanging yeah. out the side. But them old coaches shorts. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were talking. We were having some flashbacks <laughs> earlier. What's wrong is, you know, from when we went to high school together and stuff like that. And we were in high school in the 80s and 90s and, and in school and. I don't know if they still do it or not, but these coaches used to wear, I think it was like these polyester, yeah. like spandex champion, shorts or Champion something. shorts. Oh, they were horrible. Yeah. They'd sit down like they're nuts with them. It's like <laughs> going to be popping out the sides <laughs> of them and stuff like that. It's like. We, we had uh, we had one coach. <clears throat> he was he was from Independence. And uh, he was <laughs> – I don't want to give his name, but anybody that ever listens to this, they'll know exactly who he was. He had this 1970s porn mustache, and uh, he always had all of his junk moved to one side of the shorts. I know who you're talking about. You know, you know oh, exactly yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. It's like, God, that don't hurt. <laughs> it's like, that's got to fucking hurt. It's like <laughs> he's got like half a camel toe. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> and had like, uh, it looked like he had like a midget. You know, in the, on the side of his pants where he had all of his junk, and I never really understood that. You know, even now, totally. I, you know, because I want I want stuff to be comfortable and have some space in there. Yeah, my shit's got it's got to be can't you know, if it's on one side or the other. You know, y'all got to be fixing that shit. Yeah, it throws me off. So I'll start walking sideways <laughs> with a limp or something. It's like throws me off balance. <laughs> but this dude thought that he was like the greatest thing ever to women in this cat was he was ugly 
he was an ugly dude, man. Well, he didn't think he was ugly. Well, no. But I'm pretty sure there were some females that he uh, put the old pickle to. When he walked down the hallway, he thought this was playing? Ah, uh, yeah. Like I'm walking down the hallway. Come here, girl. Everybody's looking at me. Look at this thing going on one side. Oh, baby. my junk's on the right side today. <laughs> How you doing, Miss Felder? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, baby. Come look here. at it. Put just, your hands right here. Just look at it. Come here, you little 15 year old. <laughs> God, we gotta stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even know where that came from. So. <laughs> but you, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, yes, yes. Coolest dude, though, man. After got out of high school, um, talking to him later on in life, coolest guy. Just a super cool dude, man. And, uh, you know, and it's a shame, too, because and, and there's another teacher that, that both of us had, um, and she was at funeral that i was at and she's i'm i'm 51 so she's 70 80 so you know but even in school she was she was a pretty teacher and she kept telling me she said you are such a good looking man and i'm looking at i'm like well, hold, hold up she hit me up 20 years ago where were you at in 1986 <laughs> and 87 you know and she starts laughing because that's what I asked her. I said, where are you at in 1986, 87? I said, because, I mean. Before you put your teeth in the jar. Hey, <laughs> I'm down for a nice little scrog, you know. And uh, she said, well, I was married. And? <laughs> so she's not now? Well, she's a widow. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's a little bit different. Now, so such a sweet, 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 sweet woman. Never changed, bro. From high school, you know, to where she was at now. Had a great conversation at the funeral. She's just such a sweet woman. So how how was it? Uh, was it uh, surreal when you went and turned your badge and all that crap in for the last time? Well, it was actually kind of disappointing. And Like, all right, nice knowing you, bye. Pretty much. That's why, I mean, I don't know if you know or not. Well, well you know I have some tattoos I'm in the well, left arm here. I want to have it whole sleeved up. I like that. But everybody asks me because on the back of my arm right here, I already said I'm getting the word expendable put on there. And no, it's not from the movie. It's from being in law enforcement. Because unfortunately, the truth is, is basically for the majority, especially now, right, with the civilian population, that we're, we're expendable. 100%. And Unfortunately, uh, I'm not saying all. I'm not saying not people I work for now are fantastic, and I'm not just blowing smoke either. It's just the truth. But you know, I have worked in places and stuff where you are expendable. Right. Unfortunately, and you read a lot of news stories and stuff, especially these big, big departments. And yeah. I've tried to tell these rookies for us, like, let me explain something. To you. you are a number. Yep. When I mean your numbers, whatever your badge number is, unit number is, however y'all do it, you're a number. That's it. And when you leave or quit, get fired, whatever, die, they'll just stick somebody there and give them your number, and they're going to keep rolling because right. that's what you are. That's right. So that's why I try to say a lot of times, make sure, and it's hard to do, 
it's hard to do in this profession is trying to keep some friends and stuff that are outside yes. of the law enforcement community and stuff like that. Because, like I said, once you're gone, you you find out how thin that blue line is. Right. When you're not on the same line as a is in the department, you a lot a lot shit ton of people that you used to work with and you thought were really good friends and stuff, you really don't talk that much anymore. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, we talked about this before we went on air. Uh, you know, we were talking about high school and the difference between friends and acquaintances. And I can count on one hand how many true friends that I have in law enforcement. And I consider you to be one of those true friends. Yeah, we talked about that, me too. You know, we've been friends since high school and and have maintained not only a a professional relationship but also a relationship outside of the profession and you know it's whenever I I put in my notice my my resignation letter and subsequent retirement letter I put a lot of thought into how to word this. And basically, the letter was, I wanted to thank this agency for the opportunity to work for them. Uh, The men and women that worked there were extremely knowledgeable, professional. It was an honor for me to be able to be a part of that agency. Um, You know, kind of gave a little bit of background about me, you know, and the things that I had been able to accomplish in the law enforcement profession. Um, And so I put my, I put that, that resignation letter in on a Friday or Thursday. And I emailed it to my captain, which is this this guy is probably one of the most professional and uh, just jam-up people I've ever worked for. He's a little bit younger than me, but like-minded. I mean, on the same, just on the same page. And a uh, SWAT guy, you know, um, DT, all that stuff. And we had actually met probably seven or eight years ago when I was doing a defensive tactics class uh, at another PD, you know, helping somebody train. And, uh, you know, since that time, we just hit it off, and I had the good fortune of working with him and then uh, and also working for him as him as my uh, district commander. Well, he was my shift lieutenant and then, then became my district commander. And uh, so on a, on a Tuesday morning at 7.52 in the morning, I get a phone call from the secretary that says, hey, boss wants to meet you for 9 o'clock, do an exit interview. This was the captain? No, this was this was the uh, secretary of the uh, sheriff. No, the sheriff wanted to meet with yeah. you? Okay. First of all, I don't have a problem doing an exit interview at all. But I do have a problem with you calling me at 7.52 in the morning when I'm at my other employer yeah. at that time. It's going, like you do realize I don't work for you no more, right? Going through processing, okay? 
And I told her, I was very respectful. I said, listen, I said, that's not going to happen today. There's no way I can do that. She said, well, the sheriff makes his own appointments, and he wants to see you at nine. I said, well, let me, let me see if I can put it to you in, a, in another manner that you'll understand what I'm saying. I am at my new job, my new employer, on my off day from the sheriff's office, and I am going to be here until at least 1 o'clock. I said, I can see him at 2 or 2.30 because the department has thought it funny for me to go get drug tested. When you were resigned? I've already put my... You already resigned? Yeah. Well, I gave my two weeks notice. Oh, and and now they want to drug test you? Yeah, they want to drug test me. They're trying to fuck you out of some kind of benefits or something. Thinking, of course, I know you're not going to be on anything, but I don't know what the fuck they were thinking, but they're probably just hoping. Right. So she says, well, I'm going to call you back and let you know if the sheriff can do that. I said, okay. I said, you tell the sheriff for me that if he's expecting me at 9 o'clock this morning, it's not going to happen. I can meet him after 1. I can meet him at 5 o'clock tonight. I can go to his house at midnight. I can meet him Wednesday morning at 7 o'clock, 8, 8, 9, 10, 11, whatever time he wants. But uh, as far as meeting him at, at 9 o'clock this morning. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not going to happen. Okay. So she never called me back. I got a phone call from this captain. Told me, said, because I was going to burn my vacation. I had to work that Wednesday and Thursday. I was going to burn, burn vacation Wednesday, Thursday, and work that Monday, Tuesday. And then my uh, resignation was going to be for the, that Wednesday morning, whichever, whatever date it was. So he calls me and he says, listen, they're not going to give you your vacation. They're not going to. They said that you needed to work Wednesday and Thursday night. I said, what do you mean? That's vacation that I earned. Mm-hmm. Now, and they're not going to pay you for your sick time. I said, really? I said, okay. I said, well, do me a favor. I'll be like, I'll be turning my shit in tomorrow. <laughs> How well, about that? I said, do me a favor. I said, you can go ahead and you can tell them that said that I can't use my vacation time, that they're not going to pay me for that, not going to pay for my sick time. You can tell them that effective one, or 13, 13 hours today, my resignation is complete. And I'm, I'm no longer employed. I said, I will have all their shit turned in tomorrow. Don't worry about that. He said, I figured that's what you were going to say. I told him that's what you were going to say. He said, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Well, that's, they did that, what I think. My opinion, after all these years, they did that. Basically, you know, oh, you did this. Well, fuck you. They knew you were going to quit. Right. When I quit the uh, pre-stages I worked, worked at, I did not receive any of my uh, vacation or sick time. And you know what you're talking about. In, in this agency, you that you couldn't accrue. They didn't roll over any unused vacation or sick time at this agency. So if you didn't use your stuff at by the end of the year, you just lost it. Right. And 
I'm the type of person, especially I was a supervisor at the time, I was a sergeant. I did not like leaving my guys because if something happened to somebody, I'd feel like it might have been my, I, I would have blamed myself. Even though it would have been my fault. Yeah, accountability. So, and I'd been there for 20 plus years. Right. I had a, uh, every year, I mean, I got a good, you know, mo- over a month off with everything. I had right. like a month and a half, two months off. I could have took over, took off throughout the year. I very seldom took an entire week off. Right. I might have took, I, after the whole year, I might have taken a total of five or seven days off for the whole year. And I asked them when I quit, I said, well, do I get paid for my unused uh, sick or vacation time? Nope. All right. So, I mean, it is what it is, but hey, like I said, you're expendable. Once you're not an asset to them anymore or they need something, you're expendable. You know, and I never have understood that from a, just from a, a man's point of view, a man or a woman. Let me Let me clarify that. Whenever you do things just because you can, you're a shitty person, man. All right. You understand what I'm saying? If if you have somebody that works for you right now, that works for you, that has given you time, given you... Well, you get blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, I mean, body parts. And this type of job being in law enforcement or... I'll even say this, firemen, first responders, period. Yeah. Paramedics, all that stuff. Uh, Emergency services, You give, it ain't just your time and stuff you're giving. You give the wear and tear on your body. I mean, I've seen these EMTs and paramedics, you know, it's like, where's so-and-so at? Uh, Well, you know, they don't, you know, hurt their back or something. Yeah. Picking up on these I can't say these, I'll say us, because I'm one of us fat motherfuckers, you know. Right. I am down some weight. We went to the doctor, did lose some weight, so that's that. working. You're so, looking kind of felt. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going from from fluffy to soft. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but it's just, you know, you give, you, it ain't, it ain't like, I mean, and I'm not downplaying anything anybody does for a living, but. I mean, there's just certain things. I mean, wearing the people don't realize wearing that duty belt oh my God. for a whole t- entire career. Most cops end up with lower back problems. Absolutely, because I have those it. things are like fifteen, twenty pounds around your waist, right. and not more, depending on how much you're wearing. Yeah. And, uh, it's just you, you, your body pays the price. I mean, I got I had, I went to the doctor and. uh on my, I'm right-handed, so on my right side, I, I asked her if something was wrong. I mean, check. What it is is I've, like, from wearing a duty belt for so long, I, like, kind of pinched a nerve pinched or nerve. something. Yeah. It's like the side of my leg goes. So she says, once you retire and stop wearing a duty belt, it'll, it'll come back. So I'm like, okay. But I'm like, so, yeah, you paid a price for it. And well, and now you got your own office and everything. I do. And, I called uh, you that day, and you were busy drinking coffee. <laughs> I was. <laughs> uh, you know, and just in the in the three weeks that I haven't had to wear a weapon on my side, I've noticed that my back doesn't hurt like it used to. Um, now I, I have. You know, chronic issues with that. But how hard is it now? 
being in civilian life to adjust your I, I know you're probably still adjusting to not being you know having that badge being in law enforcement role and stuff like that they're trying to get out of cop mode honestly I checked out of cop mode about three years ago um, probably more than that with the new administration that moved into where you were uh, at? an old agency yeah. oh yeah um, you know, and, and listen, and, and I said this on my, on my Facebook when I posted that I was leaving and don't know why I did that because I, I wanted to, when I left, I just wanted to leave, you know, and just talking with people, you know, and, and there was people said, well, you know, you, you spent a lifetime doing this, you know, 30, 31 years, uh, full-time, part-time reserve time. Uh, police work. It was 21 full-time years. And, um, you know, they said that, that people that aren't in your life every single day would like to know, you know, that that you're moving on to something bigger and better. And, um, you know, one of the things that I said was that I'm always going to slow down when I see them lights and I'm always going to check on people. I'm going to check on those guys, those men and women that are out there still fighting the fight. And, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, if there's opportunity for me to step in and assist, I'm going to. Just because you turn your badge in and you, um, you move on to something else, it doesn't change a lifetime of who you are. I've been the same way. We and we had this this conversation, I think, in the first one in our first podcast with you and I. Um, I've been this way since I was five years old. I've always stood up for people that couldn't stand up for themselves or wouldn't stand up for themselves, you know, because there are people that just will not engage in conflict and will get run over and will get abused and will get you know, taking advantage of. Yeah, you just got non, you just got some people that are just totally non-confrontational. So right. You can't, I, I don't, that you can't even push them into a right. fight. So. so from that standpoint, um, you know, that doesn't change who I am. It will never change who I am. I'm always going to be the guy that's going to stand up for somebody. Uh, and it doesn't matter. The badge never made me who I was ever. No, me either. I mean, like I said, that, that's the hard part of it, I guess, when you do give it up, that you're not out there helping people anymore. I mean, my day's coming. We right. were discussing that earlier. Uh, you know, my days, my days are coming up short, you know, real short. Uh, you, know, you know, I could retire in about four years. I actually have a going to a meeting at uh, work in, a, in about a month or so to – start talking to you about retirement stuff and right. all this stuff like that <clears throat> i was talking to one of the other guys and i said i said i was going to that meeting and he was like huh it, they don't a lot of guys i they don't realize i've only been at this this agency about four years now right you know most of them know i've got a shit ton of experience right they don't realize that you know i'm, I'm a short timer now you know i'm not out there like a lot of them guys you know they chasing rank or they want to go be narcotics or want to do this or do that. Right. Um, 
I'm not retired on duty by any means, or I wouldn't be making all these traffic stops and stuff. But you know, I, I'm a short timer. You know, so I mean, I'm I'm not chasing rank. I had rank. It's I liked it, but let me tell you what, people, any law enforcement people out there, you, you can go. Go make your rank and stuff, become a supervisor and stuff. If you're any type of real supervisor, your job's like 24 hours a day when it was for me. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, like I said, I didn't turn my radio off until I knew all my guys were safe. I didn't want to call in sick. I didn't want to go on vacation. Because right. the people that worked for me, because I was older than all of them, but they were like my kids for me. It was right. like I felt responsible for them. So, you you mentioned something about being retired on duty, and I think after twenty sixteen, um, you know everything that happened with in Dallas and Baton Rouge and just all over the place, and um, you know you and I having firsthand, you know, involvement with the people, you know knowing people, knowing who they were, knowing their families and stuff. And their kids. Their kids. And, you know, I think at that point, that's when I really started. I started looking at my exit strategy. And my exit strategy, I knew had to be somewhere in the neighborhood of some type of advanced degree, whatever it was. Because my undergrad is in accounting. And I've never used accounting. I've never... I mean, I understand, you know, statements and, you know, the financial statements of, of companies and stuff like that and, and debits and credits, but I never used it. And so I made the decision that I was going to get something that would put me in the best position for those retirement years, whatever it was. And that's, you know, I, um, started the program and, and went through the uh, master's program for uh, construction management. But I think in 2016, it wasn't that I became retired on duty. No, because you still out there arrested people and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but it got to the point where I was more concerned about me than I was everybody else. And when you get to that point, and when I say this, anybody that listens to this that's been doing this job for uh, any amount of time, they're going to agree with me. When you get to the point where you're more concerned about what happens to you versus what happens to the guys that you're working with, the, the community and stuff like that, it's time for you to stop. It's time for you to go. Because there's never been a day that I worked when I was younger that I ever thought about dying. I never, I never thought this could be my very last day on this earth because whenever I put that uniform on and I put that vest on and I put the shield on and I put my duty belt, I felt like a gladiator. You Going know? out to war. Yeah. It was like tonight somebody's going to sleep a little bit better because whatever I have to do, that's what I'm going to do to make sure that they have some peace for tonight. And I got to the point where I said, Whatever I have to do to make sure that I go home and I don't have to arrest anybody and I don't have to come in contact with anybody, that's what I'm going to do. And 
at that point and it's sad because you know ice this is a this is a profession that um just it's ingrained in me it it for my whole adult life man you know and to end it the way that it ended you know with the agency that i was with it's almost like you know hey thank you for your service um eat a dick and we're going to find somebody else just like you said to take your number and this is what they told you All of you can kiss my rebel dick. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what they said. So, you know, and man, listen, I've, I, we've told stories. And you know what my last call was? My very last call in police work. A domestic. Nope. A cat in a tree. <laughs> I wish <laughs> it was a nine one one hang up call, and I showed up. Now this could be bullshit or yeah. really bad. Yeah, it was a nine one one hang up call, and I showed up and knocked on the door. You know, and old lady comes, answers the door, said, "Hey, can I help you, baby?" Baby, what, what time is it? I said, hey, we got a 911 call from here. She said, what's the number you got it from? <laughs> so I called. I said, hey, what's that number? So she gave it to me. She says, that ain't my number. I said, okay, well, let's, let's try to call this phone. So I tell this I said, call that number. So she's holding the phone in her hand, and the phone goes on. <laughs> It starts ringing, and I looked at her, and I just smiled, and I said, everything okay? She said, yeah, I must have hit it on an accident. I said, you have a good night. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's my, that was my last call. For, and listen, there's no reserve for me. I am not going to be, I'm not doing part-time. I'm not doing reserve time, because I made a promise. Well, you also... Have done. grandkids and all that shit. Yeah. I mean, if you have a full time job, which you do, and you start doing reserve time, I mean that takes up a lot of time. But because you, you like I am, if you reserve, if I'm retired or had another job and I was reserved and I got out there and I'd probably be doing both of them full freaking time because yeah. I can't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know the other thing about that is, as I said, once because this profession cost me a $120,000 a year job because I kept my toes in it when I got out of full-time law enforcement, mm -hmm. you know, um, working at a plant. I had a probably the most easiest job on the planet, you know, as a plant operator. And, but I kept my foot, you know, and uh, kept uh, dipping your toes in that yeah. water. And then finally it was like, you know what? I'm sitting out here on a Saturday night at this plant and I could be impounding the streets. Man, I could be catching bad guys. Yeah, yeah. I can be doing this, you know, making so. fifty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> fifty, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I didn't start making fifty thousand dollars a year till about five or six years ago, <laughs> eight years ago. Um, no, but it, you know, 
my, my hope is that everybody that does this profession does it for a higher calling, you know. And when, that, when it's their time to be done, that they can look back on just great memories, and, and regardless of the administration that they dealt with, they can look back on it and go, you know what, man, I did some good stuff in my life. And I can. I can look in the mirror, and I feel good about the things that I've done for people in this profession. And, I'm, man, I'm proud of my career. You know, I've never been in front of a grand jury. You know, I, I've been sued a couple of times, but... That's well, part of it. Yeah. I've been sued, too. Uh, I ain't never been in... Nobody, they never tried to indict me for nothing. No. So. You know, I mean, I did things ethically, morally. You know, I did things the right way. Um, and, and that's what I'm the most proud of. You know, I, I mean, for me, and just like you... And when you retire, you'll be able to say those same things because I know you. I've been knowing you. I know how you do business. Yeah. You know? It will sit back. I'll be if, <clears throat> any youngsters out there, if anybody in law enforcement, if you're out here trying to get famous or, be a, or be a hero, i tell you where them heroes end up. There are people that are out there trying to be a hero. They end up in the cemetery or they end up getting somebody else put in the cemetery. Go out and do your job. And I say most of law enforcement, I don't want recognition for anything I did good. Right. I, I don't want to be on the news for, oh, he did this or he saved that person or he did it. I don't want that. Right. I don't want to be on TV. I'm, I'm out here. I, we do it because that's what we want to do, not because I want – any recognition there are cops out there that and i know some and you know every everywhere i've worked at they see a tv camera right they're trying to get on yep. it they're yep. trying to jump in front of it. they 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 want they love that spotlight and they they i don't want well, i don't want the spotlight if you're a youngster and you want to get in, into law enforcement and you get that badge that badge is not going to make you 10 foot tall and bulletproof. It don't make you superior to any anyone, oh. any civilian or anything else. You put that badge on because you should go out there to help people, help the community, help everybody out there, no matter what color, creed, religion, whatever they are, no matter how rich, poor, intelligent, or unintelligent they may be. You are out there to help all of them. Right. So, and, you know, just to add to that, um, that, that badge is um, it's a trust that the public gives you. Yeah, we don't have a lot of that anymore either. Yeah, that's, that's true. But, you know, one of the things, you know, if you're a young police officer, or you're you're thinking about getting into this profession, I would tell you, don't. And I say that with the utmost respect to the people who are still doing this profession. I would tell you not to. However, if you're like us, and there's just nothing else that's going to satisfy you, I would also tell you, 
that you need to make sure that you're willing to give up money, that you're willing to give up time, that you're willing to give up your emotional stability, your mental stability, home life, that you're willing to see things that would make most people puke on a daily basis, that would make most people crack. You, you have to be willing to, to do that. And, you know, looking back on a career that I've had and, and seeing some of the things, and we talked about this the last time I was here, seeing some of the things that, that I've seen and some of the things that you've seen, it's those things that, you know, there's things that you'll always remember and things that you'll never forget. The things that you never forget is the ones that wake you up in the middle of the night. Give you them nightmares. The smells, you know. You, you, you can be sitting having a dinner with your family and there's a smell that comes across and you're right back in that moment. You're there. And nobody understands that. You and I understand that because we've been there. You know what I'm saying? But your family doesn't understand that. The chick that's waiting on you, she doesn't understand that. But if that's what you're going to do, if that's what you want your life to be, and let me tell you, this profession is fun. There, there, I've had some of the most fun times in my life has been, you know, at 2.30 on a Tuesday morning. And... But some of the absolute worst times that I've ever had in my life has been at 2.30 on a Tuesday morning as well. You know, So you have to be willing to travel that road. And you also have to be willing to make those hard decisions, those hard choices, and then have the accountability and responsibility to stand by what you do. Uh, well, can't joke like we used to when we were younger cops. Because unfortunately... Not all of y'all. Don't take offense if you're a younger cop. A lot of these younger cops coming up now are, are pussies. No, oh, 100%. And if you start razzing on them or, or playing jokes or shit on them, they get all offended and want to go crying to your supervisor and get you in trouble. I mean, we used to take fucking pepper spray, freeze plus pee, what you want to call it. <laughs> And, you know, somebody's there, you'd spray it in their fucking air vents. So when they got in their car, it's going to suck up. Or you'd spray it under their door handle. So when they got in their car, you know, next thing you know, they're, they're snotting and crying. You do that shit now. Did I tell you that story? Well, no, we can get to it. But, I mean, we've, we, I've done that. We've done, it's been done to me. It's You know, we've done people. Or, you know, you, you, you slim jim their car open and put some powder in their fucking air conditioning yeah, vents or some shit. Like, yeah. It's like you do that shit now and – and these, these, these younger generation, they will go crying and yeah. boohoo, and it's like, it, it's, it's, nuts, bro. it's just a joke. Yeah, it's, that's how grown, you know, people my age, yeah, your age, grown men, joke around with each other. Right. We like to give each other shit. Well, because everything is so freaking stressful most of the time when you're doing this job. Listen, bro, when you show up somewhere, somebody's called, and they're screaming on the other end. You're not you're not worried about thirty minutes ago somebody put powder in in your in your 
air conditioning, vents. You're worried about, is this cat going to show up when I'm getting my ass handed to? Is this guy going to show up? Have my back, yeah. You know? And the thing about it is, is that kind of stuff breaks up the monotony and it shows people, hey, look, let's have fun. Let's do some things. I watched you know? a, uh, a video not long ago. I forget. It was on YouTube. I forget what channel or who, whoever I was on. Anyway, it was a video of this uh, this is black man. He was he ended up getting arrested uh, for resisting arrest, uh, remaining after being forbidden, all kind of stuff. It was a very long video, but it was uh, two two uniformed cops, well, three uniformed cops, two males, one female, and the two males ended up having to physically fight this dude, and. I let my I let Bam watch it too, and I'm like I was like, and and I am a hundred percent for female being in law enforcement. Yeah, but I was watching this woman, and these two cops were fighting this dude on the ground, and I and she she's standing there going, stop, stop, yeah. Mike. Uh, and it's like this bitch, get this bitch should working. have been up in the pile with them Thank helping you. them and it was like oh it pissed me off so bad and trust me i've run across grown-ass men that do the same thing Thank you. they will not put hands on yep. you know what i don't want that type of cop around nope. me nope because if shit hits the fan and i have to fight somebody i know one thing i ain't gonna have no help right I won't be doing this. Person's gonna sit there and watch this person either whip my ass, shoot me, or me have to use more force than that's that should have been needed right. if they would have helped me. And listen, if you're scared, if you're in law enforcement and you are scared, I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't ever get nervous, but if you are so freaking scared that you cannot function under else. some of these high stress situations that yep. you're gonna be put in. Go do something else. Do something else. And it's, it's not a knock on anybody, you know, because one of the things that I that I said in, you know, my kind of my final Facebook post was that I hope that the guys and, and the gals that I worked with knew when they hollered and they knew I was coming, that I was showing up with bad intentions and that I would never, ever, be the one that would shy away from going in harm way for for my brothers and sisters. Well, you know, in the past two weeks, and we we've been rainy a lot lately. I was in my unit. I went. I got called to assist on one on a a, a high high risk warrant where uh, we were attempting to arrest a person that had is accused, alleged, or whatever, how you want to say it, mm -hmm. of shooting another person, attempted murder. Okay. So, I mean, you know, here I am, strapping, putting my, uh, I put my ballistic uh, vest on, one with the the shotgun, I mean, uh, the rifle plates in it. Yeah, level the, four or five, whatever. The heavy one, I, I strapped it on. Well, just last week here I was, I heard him talking on the radio to going, trying to arrest another person. I'm not sure what he was wanted for. He was wanted out of another jurisdiction. I'm strapping up again. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'm there. And <clears throat> wasn't too long ago. It was probably six months ago or so. Okay. 
Okay. I guess they had a hot call or something. Well, I did not hear it come over the radio. But you know, sometimes these radios, you don't, sometimes you can be sitting next to somebody and their radio goes off and yours don't. Right. And I was asked why I didn't go to this call because I happened to be close to it. I'm like, and I, when I was called on the phone, I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, well, so-and-so called for some assistance and rest of my like, I have no clue of what you're talking about. I said, because if I heard it, I'd have been there. Right. I said, but, I mean, I can't respond to something I did not hear. Right. So, and it actually, that ate at me for a little while. I mean, nobody got hurt or anything like that, but it just ate at me that, you know, there possibly be some people out there I work with thinking that I was like, shine away or anything like that. It's like, that. no, 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 yeah. no. And somebody yeah. told him, like, no, if he heard it, he'd have been there. Yeah. Because it's like, no. Bro, I've had people that, I mean, this female that was a dispatcher for like nine years, she come out, she's working on my last shift. And uh, there was a hot call that came out. They were at an active fight. And the cool thing about active fights, one of three things is going to happen. If you think about it, they're going to get tired and they're going to stop fighting. They're not going to fight you because they're too damn tired. Second thing is, is one is going to kill the other one. And even, even still, that's a done deal. They're probably not going to kill you because they're probably not going to be on scene. Or number three, somebody with the family is going to break it up. And things are going to be calmed down by the time you get there. Every now and then, you'll have, you know, something that's just still in progress when you show up. And then you just have to admit it. Sometimes you just got to go in harm's way. Right. So this place was, it was flooding rain. I mean, it was storming rain. It was probably a month before I put my letter in. Month and a half. And I was dispatched to this place. She was dispatched to the same place. So it was raining so hard that I missed my turn into this trailer park. And so instead of just slamming on my brakes and trying to whip around in the middle of the road, I go down and I go to make you know, to turn around and go back. Well, as I pass up the school that was real close to the uh, to the um, trailer park, I let dispatch know that I was in the area. Well, as soon as I said I was in the area, she comes out of the parking lot of the school. It says that she's 1097 in the area. <laughs> I'm in there with people like that so my old self would have completely dove both feet both hands in her asshole you know because that's just the way i was you you know me you you worked with me you know you know my personality you know i don't put up with bullshit i never have and which is one reason why i've never promoted because i just don't put up with people's bullshit i don't you know um, I don't kiss anybody's ass. I do my job. I always did my job. So one of the things that, um, from that standpoint, was that whenever we got to to the call, 
you know, I sit there and I said, well, I think maybe that, you know, I may just need to um, look at these things from a different standpoint just because she's looking, she's coming into this profession at a different time period. She's she's seeing things differently, you know, and it's it's a different time period. It's not the same as it was in 1991 when I started this. Um, so one of the things that I did was, you know, I kind of pulled her to the side and I said, listen, I get it. You know, things are going crazy. Things are things are up and down and back and forth and sometimes you don't know what's taking place at that time but it's okay for you to be scared or apprehensive but it's not okay for you to freeze and not do anything because the difference is is whenever you call me or you go into the fray I can assure you, if it meant me getting a bullet put in my head to protect you, that's what would happen. I've I've worked with uh, some people like, that did the same thing that person did with you, and this guy, you would drive past on your way to a call, and you'd see him sitting like. It's like if I'm closer to something, I'm, I'm gonna grab I'll it. Jump it. I'm gonna sit there, and I mean, this guy was scared of his own fucking shadow. Yeah. And this guy can't do it. This guy was about six six, and about three hundred and fifty fucking pounds. Do I know him? Uh, I'll tell you his name later. I don't know. It might have been before you you came out here, uh, the old department. This was a ginormous fucking man. You hear me? On the uh. On the east side? No, he worked west side. But this was a ginormous fucking man. He was fucking lazy. And he was fucking scared. And this dispatcher, he's retired now, he knew me, me and this other deputy were having issues with each other. He thought it would be a good idea to send us out into the woods to supposedly look for this dead body or something. Right. So we're out in the woods looking for this dead body. Like I said, I'm, I'm about six foot or so. At the time, I was probably running around 225. I was in the gym a whole lot more. But this guy's like way bigger than me. <laughs> Anybody knows me, though. I'm, I'm only scared of two things in this world. That's fucking... I can't say heights because I'm not scared of heights. I don't like being on top of like shaky ladders and shit, and I don't like spiders. Other than that, I ain't scared of shit. Spiders and snakes for me. And uh, can't. Mm -mm. Well, we walking around in these woods looking for this dead body. I don't know if it's a real fucking call or not. But he turns around and looks at me and says, "Oh, I heard you got a problem with me." Well, I turn around. Well, I, I, just, well, I turn. He turned around. I looked up at him. Like I say, it's a ginormous man. I look at him and I said, yep, I sure the fuck do. What's your problem with me? I said, you're a fucking pussy and you're lazy. That's I said, put it out there, baby. I said, 
He looked at me. I said, "No, what the fuck are you going to do about it? There you go. He just kind of looks at me, turns around. I said, that's what the fuck I thought. Well, I turned around and got back in my unit fucking went 10-8. Well, after a few minutes, they start calling him on the radio. He's not answering. Uh, Lieutenant at the time started getting worried and started heading over there because they thought that we were in the woods and we got in an argument and the guy said something to me and I just fucking capped his fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> and this lieutenant told me, he said the whole time I was driving over there, he was like, oh God, I, I hope he didn't use his duty weapon. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I did not kill this stupid son of a bitch. He did, I think he ended up either resigning or getting fired. I do not remember. Bitch. But he's not in law enforcement where he did don't deserve to be but no they actually I mean I wasn't going to keep my mind I mean he was a he was fucking useless he was taking up air space that a, a, another decent person that would get there and do the job I was do. working the desk one day at the other agency and uh, this guy comes in says hey detective so and so told me to come turn myself in I said alright cool no problem. You at the right spot. Come here. So I get him. I pat him down. To turn yourself in, desk. Pat him down. Make sure he ain't got nothing. I said, let me pull this warrant up. Let me see what it is. He pulls the warrant up. It's financial crimes warrant. So again, I'm on the desk. My assignment is on the desk. Period. For that day. So I called this detective up. Which you'd have probably rather been on the street than working the desk. I would have rather taken my nuts and put them between two eight-pound post malls <laughs> and let somebody smash them than to work the desk. Period. So I called this detective. And this detective used to work for the agency that you and I worked for years ago. And had heard things about him, never had any firsthand experience with him, okay? And I'm the type of guy that you can tell me whatever you want to about somebody, but until I get my firsthand experience with them, I always give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I'm not just going to take your opinion. You say, right. oh, that guy's a piece of shit. Maybe yeah. you just don't like the guy or something. Yeah, I, that's happened before. Absolutely. People are like, well, oh, I can't believe you just fight the guy get along great. I don't know what you're fucking right. Just maybe got fucking you, yeah, maybe you're a dickhead. Yeah, maybe it's your you know. your fault. So I called him up and I said, "Hey, listen, you guy turned himself in." You know, he said, "All right." He said, "Look, I'm on the other side of town." I said, "Well, partner, I'm working the desk. I don't know what you want me to do." I said, "But he'll be here waiting on you when you get here, okay? Because we're short staff. We have." five people working first district you know when we had an allotment of 14 okay so just a little bit yeah yeah so about an hour and a half later he shows up you know and he's one of these guys he's all always in the gym lifting and everything you know that that kind of shit never did anything for me bro i've been fighting since i was five years old I used to do the gym rat thing and stuff, but just 
you know. Getting older. I'd like to, once this COVID shit is finally works, I'm not going to the gym and put a fucking mask on. I'm fat and I yeah. don't like to breathe anyway, so I'm sure I'm going to try to do it with a fucking mask on my face. <laughs> this cocksucker shows up and he says, who's your lieutenant? Stop telling me who my lieutenant is. He said, I'm going to put a stop to this lazy shit. I said, excuse me? He said, y'all sit around here, you don't do nothing, anything. I said, well, first of all, I said, and he's got his prisoner. He's walking his prisoner out. He's running his mouth. I don't give a shit who you are. I don't care what you're doing at the time. If you're going to loud cap me or you're going to start insulting me, um, you and I are going to have a conversation. And we're going to talk like men. And if you want to act like an asshole, then that's fine. I can do that, too. So he starts walking out, and he says, uh, I'll make sure that I call your lieutenant, talk about, you know, and let him know uh, the laziness on his shift. I said, hang on a minute, cuz. So I walked out. There's a little sally port. I said, I was working the desk. I said, I can't leave this desk. I said, the other thing is, is that you're a detective. You're not working anything right now. You were on the other side of town working out. Okay? Which doesn't bother me. I don't care. You do whatever you want to do. I said, don't sit here and call me lazy. I said, because you don't know anything about me. You don't know nothing about me. So he starts popping off. And I said, I get out of the, off of this desk at 1500 I said, if you still got an issue with me, meet me out here at 1500 I said, we'll fucking settle up. But guess what? He didn't. And that's a verified story. I, I just don't understand why <laughs> some... I mean, not everybody, but some people. Some people get that fucking gold shield or whatever right. it says detective on it, and their fucking heads swell up. Motherfucker, you came from patrol? Yeah. And trust me, there's people that are in patrol that could be a detective that maybe they never wanted to be one. Right. I mean, I've been in motors all this time. I was offered before to, you know, to go to detectives. And I just... It's never been a passion of mine. Right. I don't want to have spend most of my time because trust me, people, if you listen out there, it's not like on TV. No. You're just not out there investigating and doing this. No. Most of your time, the majority of it is spent reading over reports that patrol wrote. Some retard that can't even put complete sentences together. That they you're gonna spend most of your time reading over that shit. Right. And you might do a little detective work, but most of it's a lot of fucking just <laughs> pounding that paper. So Sitting at a desk. Don't act like your shit don't stink. You were talking about um, the spray. Remember the old Crown Vicks? They had, uh, well, just cars in general. They had the vents. Had a big intake. Right there by the where the windshield wipers were. Well, the, I'm going to tell you this guy's name whenever we, we had that. He deserves it. I mean, he deserves everything he gets. But he had just come from another agency and another sheriff's office and came to the one that you and I worked together with. And uh, there was, we were on, um, I 
I'm not going to say the name of the road. No, don't say the road name. That gives yeah. it away. So. They were on a road. We were on this road. There's this bad curve that comes off of the main east-west corridor running through the parish. Goes through, and it makes this bad curve. A lot of wrecks in that curve. And uh, just south of the interstate. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there. And it is flooding rain. <laughs> it's just miserable. And I'm out in in my slicker suit, you know, and got, you know, trying to, to make sure some idiot doesn't come through there and slam into the car because it's dark. It's storming rain. He's sitting in his car. So I walk up to the car and, you know, kind of roll the window down and said, hey, why don't you go put your car on the other side? down there on the south side of this accident. I said, and, you know, just to give it to Yeah, I will, I will, I will. So he sat there for a few minutes, and the more he sat there, the more pissed off I got because I'm out there in the freaking rain. This is miserable. And it's hot. You know, it's August, and it's storming rain, and you can't get cool. And you. So I walked up, took that old brand-new Freeze Plus P <laughs> out of the old case, and... uh. I sprayed it right there in that intake. Within about 15 seconds, his <laughs> ass exited that Crown Vic. It had enough of staying up in that air conditioning. <laughs> he looked, he goes, why would you do that? I said, because I asked you to move your car down there. I said, you're sitting here mashing your nuts. I mean, Get off of Facebook and do dude. your fucking job. <laughs> I don't even think they had MySpace back right, well, then. Get off whatever he was doing, yeah. finger-fucking himself or something. It's like, come on, dude. And for you young guys out there, whenever an older guy tells you to do something, go ahead and do it. Don't uh, don't think you know more than they do. No, oh, they do. I've had that experience <laughs> run in quite a bit. Because you, you will get your ass in a sling pretty quick. Look, we're going to do this real quick. I know you got some more stuff to stay. 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 <laughs> but we're going to do a, a second part. So we're going to end this first part, and then we're going to record a second part because we're at an hour and ten. We can keep going, so I, I just don't want to go too long. You lose people. Right. So anyway, I'm uh, going to end this part one of this in, with Doc, and then we're going to come back and have him. For a second part. So remember to like us, share us, rate and review me. And we are uh, on all the podcast platforms. I might even get a fucking Instagram. I'm not sure. Twitter's at Motor C. Uh, best way to get in touch with me is email Motorcop Chronicles Podcast at Gmail. Motorcop Chronicles Podcast on Facebook also and on YouTube. Hopefully we'll be getting. I'll be getting the uh, everything situated so I can go back live. So uh, until next week, remember to always smile because the Ice Man could always be behind you. I'm cranking up on the throttle. This is how legends are made.